The Legislative Yuan has approved nine administrative directives allowing the import of U.S. pork containing ractopamine. Rival lawmakers swap charges of hypocrisy, with each side accusing the other of endorsing ractopamine when it's politically convenient. With the ruling party holding a strong majority in the legislature, all nine directives passed easily. This is tonight's first report. At the end of it all, lawmakers gave the green light to U.S. pork containing ractopamine. They voted on nine related administrative directives on Thursday. It was a fierce showdown from the start. The president unilaterally decides to open the borders to racto pork. What did she use? An executive order. Was there communication? No. Was there an explanation? No. What kind of government is this? When it's not showing incompetence, it's taking advantage of the people. Her political values change with the moon. Of the 38 party members in the KMT caucus, 14 originally voted in favor. Doesn't that make the KMT the party of double standards? The two major parties accused each other of hypocrisy. Media attention went to three DPP lawmakers who strayed from the party line. They were Jiang Yongchang, Lin Shufen and Liu Jianguo. All three represent agricultural districts and chose to abstain from voting. On this issue, lawmakers from the ruling party should defend the party's position and support the government's policy. As a lawmaker of the party, that's something you should do to the best of your ability. The Premier admonished DPP lawmakers for not falling in line. The executive yuan stressed that preparations were well underway for the ban lift. Starting January 1st, five major measures will roll out as imports come in. One measure is meant to ease public concerns through data transparency. Every working day, we will report the number of Taiwan hog slaughter to produce how much pork. The board will also show how much pork meat has been imported and from which countries. All of that will be publicized. The executive yuan said mechanisms would be in place to ensure food safety and to give the people peace of mind. The Transport Ministry has decided to hit EVA Air with a maximum penalty of 1 million NT for failing to enforce epidemic prevention measures. Earlier this week, a New Zealand pilot working for the airline was found to be the source of Taiwan's first local COVID infection since April. The local infection was case 771, a Taiwanese woman in her 30s. Results have come out negative for all 176 of her contacts who pass both PCR and antibody tests. There's still a week left until New Year's Eve, but forecasters are already saying it will be a cold one. In all areas north of Taichung, temperatures could reach below 9 degrees on New Year's Eve next Thursday as a cold front sweeps in. The Central Weather Bureau says the front could usher in the season's first cold snap, defined as Taipei temperatures of below 10 degrees.
The drizzle in northern Taiwan may soon come to an end as temperatures rise back to 23 degrees on Saturday. But the CWB warns that an even more powerful cold front is due to head south next Wednesday. From next Wednesday, December 30th, the strongest cold front of this winter season will move south. It could turn into what we rate as a cold spell. This cold wave will bring low temperatures to all of Taiwan. We expect temps to reach 9 degrees or lower in the northern half of the country. In other open areas, temperatures could be 2 to 3 degrees lower. If you're going to a countdown event or to the New Year's Day flag-raising ceremony, expect to feel the chill. If you want to see the first sunrise of the year, the north is not a safe bet. You'll have a better chance at success in central or southern Taiwan. Before and after New Year's Eve, the weather will mainly depend on the northeasterly winds. Central and southern Taiwan will see stable weather, but since the north and east are windward areas, they will see cloudier skies. As for the chances of rain, we'll have to keep monitoring the moisture levels. There's a chance the beginning of the year will be a wet one. With big temperature swings likely this coming week, make sure to wrap up warm to avoid catching a cold ahead of the celebrations. It's been a tough year for the hotel industry, but with Christmas around the bend, some hotels are getting a boost from people looking to holiday in a hotel. And why not? There's plenty to do and feasts to eat. And best of all, there's no cleaning up after relatives. Stephanie Yang takes a look at what's happening this Christmas in some top hotels. This hamburger is inspired by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The hamburger buns are shaped like a reindeer. The ears are made of pretzels and the nose is made of tomatoes. There's also a sleigh carrying vegetables. The sleigh is held together by strings made of spaghetti. There's also beef curry, which is paired with rice balls shaped like a Santa Claus and reindeer. There's also an edible snow globe made of chips. The style is very special and it actually tastes really good. And I also like the atmosphere around the restaurant. Every weekend, children can make their own DIY gingerbread house and music box. Region Taipei has also planned a Christmas-themed experience for the kids. Children can learn how to make DIY music boxes, gingerbread house, Christmas stockings, and hats. We knew that uh, this holiday and Christmas season, a lot of families would not be able to travel abroad. We knew that they would be celebrating in Taiwan, and we wanted to offer them some creative and very special holiday, but also family-oriented um, celebration offerings. So we hope that our revenue would increase by, again, 20% especially since it's, this is year-end. Here at the Palais de Chine Hotel, you can line up to take a picture with Santa Claus, who gives out little gifts. On one floor of the hotel, all the guest rooms are decked out in Christmas decorations. It's open to guests who spring for the holiday stay package, which includes a feast of roast chicken and Christmas desserts. The decorations in the room create a rich atmosphere. This is my first time experiencing this kind of room. This year, my colleagues exercised a great deal of creativity to bring in the feeling of an overseas vacation. We're looking to increase the occupancy rate by 20%. Besides the region and the Palais du Shine, other hotels have launched creative offerings for the holiday season. At Shangri-La, guests can try their hand at making Italian bread, scented candles, and flower art. Grand Cosmos Resort Ray Sui Hualien held their Christmas market on Christmas Eve. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Wu Dongmao in Taipei. 
If you visited the Matsu Islands in spring, you may have seen one of their greatest natural wonders, blue tears, a kind of algae that glows blue along the seashore. Usually the algae is only active in spring and early summer, but this year it baffled locals by glowing up once more in October. Now ocean researchers have solved the riddle. A fascinating blue glow emerges from a pitch-black sea. After years of research, scientists have a new insight into this stunning phenomenon. The timing of a spell of blue tears is based on reproduction. They're mating. The study found that the algae feels threatened when its food sources diminish. That causes it to start a process of sexual reproduction. Seeds drop to the ocean floor where they wait for good weather and an abundance of food. When the seeds mix into the ground, it will sprout, producing the glowing algae we then see on the water. When the water temperature is above 27 degrees, we don't see the blue tears. Now it seems that April to late June or early July is the peak. Going through from summer into winter, the water temperature drops. It reaches 27 degrees in autumn, but it doesn't produce a recurrence of blue tears. We were always stumped by that. It was one thought the blue tears could only appear from March to July in water below 27 degrees. But this year, they appeared again in October. That's because the ocean floor was repeatedly stirred up by Chinese dredging ships. That stimulated the seeds to sprout. Once we knew this, we made a daring hypothesis. We believe that in the waters around Matsu, there are a great many blue tear seeds. We want to go there and dredge up the sand to look for treasure, to follow our dream of the blue tears. The research team has realized the blue tears phenomenon may be precipitated by humans. They think in the future, it might be possible to make the algae glow all year long. Taiwan has announced a plan to add five infantry brigades to bolster coastal defense by 2024, with two to be formed on January 1st. In peacetime, they will be tasked with training infantry recruits. In wartime, they will train and mobilize reservists to support Taiwan's coastal defense. Taiwan currently has seven infantry brigades, which are the country's line of defense in the event of a coastal attack. U.S. President Donald Trump has made good on his threat to veto the U.S.'s 2021 National Defense Authorization Act. Trump had promised to block the defense bill over a provision that protects technology companies from liability over user content. But the presidential move also blocks a raft of pro-Taiwan provisions, including a call for a U.S.-Taiwan medical security partnership. Trump's veto sets the stage for an override vote in the U.S. House of Representatives on Monday. President Trump vetoed the National Defense Authorization Act, which passed Congress with wide bipartisan support. U.S. President Trump vetoed the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021 on Wednesday. In a statement to Congress, he said the bill did not include critical national security measures that it disrespected veterans in U.S. military history and contradicts his administration's efforts to put America first. As the president said in his veto message, that it is a gift to Russia and China, particularly given the cyber attack. Uh, attack that is still somewhat underway with the U.S. government right now. The presidential move is a strike against the bill's Taiwan-friendly provisions. These provisions include a reaffirmation of U.S. commitment to the Taiwan Relations Act and six assurances, which call for supporting Taiwan's defense through arms sales. The bill would also have pushed for a medical security partnership between the two sides. Trump also blocked 2.2 billion U.S. dollars in funding to build a Pacific deterrence initiative to boost deterrence against Beijing. 
We will continue to maintain close communication with the U.S.'s executive branch, as well as its legislative branch, staying in touch with the Senate and House of Representatives. The veto actually has nothing to do with the Asia-Pacific, the Indo-Pacific, or Taiwan's defense. It came about purely because Trump felt that during his campaign, social media had treated him unfairly. The veto is a strong expression of his emotions, but my view is that the U.S. is a democratic country and that the Senate and House will vote on this again. The U.S. House plans to vote on December 28th on overriding Trump's veto. The Senate will proceed based on the outcome of the House vote. If a two-thirds majority of Congress votes to override the presidential veto, the bill would come into effect immediately. With 2021 just a week away, if you still don't have a wall calendar ready for January, there's no need to worry. The Ministry of National Defense has published its annual calendar celebrating service people. Showing off many different sides of the military, it attempts to bridge the gap between the armed forces and the public. This young dancer lights up the stage with her energy. Sergeant Chen Yixing is the July cover model for the MND 2021 calendar. The theme of the July photo is expressing confidence through dance. I'm a soldier and I'm proud. This photo was taken during a live assault in the Thunder Drill this year. This was the first drill mission I undertook since becoming an officer. It was incredibly exciting when I saw the three rocket tanks fire together. As usual, the Ministry of National Defense has published a glossy calendar for the new year. In 2021, almost half of the calendar stars are women. There is also a heartwarming photo of a military couple with their children. Normally, my wife and I are on opposite sides of the country for our work. We only go home for the holidays. Then we see our two children and they're smiling and they throw themselves at us. Our strength is steady, but even steadier is our determination to protect our home and our country. The Air Force will continue to uphold the spirit of fearlessness, of fearing neither suffering nor hardship. It will protect the airspace of the Taiwan Strait. Protected by us, our skies are azure blue and dazzling. The calendar has been carefully designed to bring military service people closer to the general public. The Army, Navy and Air Force are all featured, as well as special units like the ROC Military Police to symbolize the comprehensive protection of the armed forces. The stars of the calendar include officers as well as enlisted ranked service people. Every rank is represented so everyone has a sense of taking part. Most of the time, soldiers are busy with the most practical of jobs, but once a year, they get to show off a different side in the annual calendar project. The Bajia Jiang dance is one of the best-known features of Taiwan's temple parades. Bajia Jiang dancers are known for their colorful costumes and intricately painted faces. For the first time at a temple in Tainan, a woman has entered the craft of Bajia Jiang face painting. The face artist has been recognized as an official apprentice of one of Tainan's master god painters. The Bajia Jiang have a mesmerizing way of moving, but their painted faces are equally striking. Without the face, the impact wouldn't be the same at all. Stroke by stroke, the gods of the underworld emerge. Li is a sixth generation of god painter at a Tainan temple workshop. Painting gods was always a man's job in the past. Li got involved through a chance encounter. Guo Yongji, master of the fourth generation in living national treasure, gave her his stamp of approval to be trained. People can get old, but we can't let these cultural traditions disappear. 
our master said, this girl is good. If she's willing, why don't we ask the god Wang Ye for his opinion? And if he agrees, there's no reason not to pass the art on to her. Li was horrified at the decline of god painting skills and wanted to take up the craft. With the master recognizing her talent and sincerity, the traditional bar on girls was lifted. Her mother consented for her to become a disciple of the master and the first female god painter in the Bailong An temple lineage. When the master recognizes a student, then he can teach the student everything he's learned throughout his life. This is a relationship of deep mutual trust between master and student. Li had a strong sense of purpose preserving the Bajiajiang traditions. She also uses her professional design skills to improve the negative public image of the art, which was traditionally associated with gangsters. We should paint the faces well, and each person behaves themselves as they should, so that people can experience it for themselves. I think this is what we should do in this generation. In the future, she intends to bring the Bajiajiang to more stages across Taiwan, changing public perceptions of this spirited cultural heritage. One of Taiwan's oldest Gazaishi opera groups has adapted a manga for the first time. The Minghuayuan Arts and Cultural Group is better known for their popular performances of opera classics. But with its adaptation of the Apocalypse of Darkness Warfare, they are hoping to make traditional opera more accessible to young people. Shop choreography with futuristic-looking costumes. This is Ming Huayun with the first manga adaptation. The plot is unusual for a Gazaishi, and the cast is one of a kind too. The author of the manga, Wei Zongcheng, makes an appearance, as does Xiao Man, former star of the TV show Blackie's Teenage Club. I feel like this counts as an achievement unlocked in my life. It's so cool. When I first heard about it, I was like, Ming Huayun wants me? When you perform yourself, you have to go back and evaluate how should this character be in this story? What does he need to do? It was quite a challenge. I think we must give the audience a surprise every year, every time. There is no show that Ming Huayun can't pull off, and all our shows are always suitable for all ages. Working with the National Center for Traditional Arts, Ming Huayun has adapted the popular manga The Apocalypse of Darkness Warfare. The story revolves around a spike in supernatural activity and demonic funny business after the 1999 Gigi earthquake. Taoist priests and police officers have to work together to solve spooky cases. The show is accompanied by an electro-rock-inspired soundtrack. Ming Huayuan is busting up the status quo, always finding new fields in which to develop the performing arts and the power of Gezaishi opera. Ming Huayuan is known for continuously pushing the boundaries of traditional opera, giving young performers plenty of artistic license and audiences a new experience of an ancient art. Let's head now to New Taipei City to meet a local treasure whose hearty meals are full of wholesome medicinal herbs. This shop owner sells soups and rice bowls with herbs from his sister's traditional medicine shop, making a nourishing, warming meal this winter. Herbal pork cutlets smell as good as they look. The delectable pork ribs and chops are bathed in a herbal soup that first cleanses the palate and then soothes with a sweet, wholesome aftertaste. First the ribs are washed, then placed in hot water for a first blanching. After impurities are removed, they're washed again. 
More than 10 Chinese medicinal herbs, including female ginseng, Sichuan lovage, and cinnamon, go into the recipe. The chef's brother in law is a Chinese medicine herbalist. All our medicinal ingredients are the real deal. The herbs have to be boiled for two hours, and so does the meat stock, so that it becomes sweet. The herbal stock simmers for two hours before carrots and onions add to the sweetness. Then the ribs are dropped in one by one, first a blast on full heat and then again a slow simmering. The dregs that collect at the top are regularly skimmed off, sometimes six or seven times in total. The flavour was milder at the beginning, less reliable. Then we improved it bit by bit. You might not guess from watching him at the stove, but the chef used to be a truck driver. All the factories moved to China, so there wasn't much work anymore. My nephew said to me, hey uncle, let's sell pork cutlets. I thought, okay, let's try it. Both jobs are hard work, he says, but he still gives work his all. After 11 years, he is still serving up good hearty food for the community.